Hello, hello, hello. This is Douglas Murray Schmidt, and I am presenting Douglas Current Podcast Number Eight. We have entered June 2022. Hope everyone's well. A lot going on in the world to talk about. War still continues in Ukraine between Putin's Russian forces and Ukrainians, the Ukrainians. Over a hundred days now they've been at war. Finland and Sweden are wanting to join NATO. Turkey has a stake in that decision. I don't quite understand the details of that, but some high-level politics there. I guess the Ukrainian grains are being held up at the ports, in Odessa especially, can't get out. So there's some leverage that Putin has over the world there. Of course, the oil control gas prices are raging. Everyone's feeling the effect of that. People are blaming our president. Uh, it might have something to do with it. Not quite sure about that. So we've got the war. Mass shootings is another thing that's happening. My goodness, what a terrible, terrible thing. I'll be speaking more to that as this podcast continues. What else is happening in the news? Johnny Depp won $15 million and Amber Heard won $2 million in their defamation suits against each other. I was wrapped up in that more than I'd like to admit. <laughs> yeah, I find it fascinating uh, from a actor's standpoint. I have sung a lot of opera, done a lot of live theater, therefore, and kind of understand a bit about what it means to present a persona on stage and also just in life. Of course, I wait tables for a living as well, so I present a particular personality persona when I'm doing that work, hopefully not too far from who I am. But of course, if, if I'm in a bad mood, I'm, I'm not going to overtly be that way to my guests. I'm going to try my best to, to be pleasant regardless. And then just the whole relationship thing between Amber and Johnny. Personally, I think it was a very toxic relationship and there was at least constant verbal abuse kind of between the two. Of course, substance abuse and alcohol abuse by Johnny Depp, which he admitted on the stand. I mean... That was not a big deal. And it seems she had some of those issues, too. She just didn't present enough evidence, hardcore evidence, to show real proof of, of physical violence from Johnny. 
Doesn't mean he didn't do it. I'm not saying that. Who knows? In in truth, uh, between the two, but I kind of also developed a, a new admiration for him. Although I will say the few texts that they presented that he wrote to his friends about his his hatred, at least at those points, towards Amber, deflated my view of him a bit. But of course, if we all get angry enough, we say some stuff we don't necessarily mean or, or goes beyond the pale. Hopefully we don't act out on that stuff, but uh, God help us all. So some of the big news events. I'm going to switch back and forth between thoughts and quotes that I write from time to time, my most current ones, and then what I've written on Twitter, because these two methods I use to get my expressions and, and my thoughts out are the most most poignant and most indicative of what is going on in my life and what's going on in my system in reaction to the world and my relative environment, my close proximity, my life. (laughs) Well, I hope you're well, hope your family's good. If not, my prayers for their health and healing. For yours too, if you aren't feeling as well as you'd like to. Hopefully you are finding joy amidst your work. I have rediscovered some fun things. I'm going through a couple storage units that I have, and I have rediscovered the joy that I have in, in listening to records. In fact, I just started that again tonight. What I do is I listen to a record. If I like a track or a song on a record or a whole side, I'll record it to an MP3 file and then shove those onto a MP3 player. So I'm finding some real joy again in that. I'll get back into golf again. Love golf. But uh, at this point, it's not a priority. It sucks a lot of time and energy if one really wants to be somewhat serious about it. So I haven't taken that up again, but I, I will again. That's one of my major loves in life. So, All right. I've got to... So my personal quotes, I'm going to start. I'm going to do one, one and one. One and one and one and one. Start with a personal quote and then shift over to what I've tweeted. And you can get those at my Twitter, Douglas Murray Schmidt at Douglas Murray. Anytime. Hit me up on Twitter. So, I wrote this recently. It doesn't matter what God we worship as long as the fealty comes from and encourages humility within us. Then we know this God is an extension of truth. Truth with a capital T. As long as the God we worship, whether it be Jesus Christ, Muhammad, Yahweh, money, sports, 
fame, our grandmother, the universe. As long as we gain from it and come to it with humility and not our ego, fear-driven self, then we we are tying into truth beyond us that, that we are also a part of, ironically. The paradox principle plays into everything. Okay, a tweet. My most recent tweet. Quote, Just like we have grammar and definition codes for our language and value codes for our money slash, slash currency system that we all agree upon and therefore our standard, we need a moral code for our laws. It's a reflection about the gun violence that we've seen escalate in our country over the last several weeks. Awful mass shootings, of course, in Oveda, Texas, and in Buffalo, New York. And then at these nightclubs in various cities over the weekends. And I know there continues to be gun violence in, in, in our cities and, of course, in our rural, rural areas on occasion. The big thing is, is assault weapons and whether there should be a ban on them. I think that would be a good first step. Personally, I don't think there's any reason for anyone to own an assault rifle. If they want to defend themselves with a handgun or something like that. Now, I'm totally against guns, period. I was raised as a pacifist, both by an extended Mennonite background and... My parents raised me in a house church that was a group of what I call intellectual hippies. So I'm my fabric is deeply woven in peace. No violence, not even spanking a child. I was raised without being spanked. Um, of course, no gun violence. People do not need to own guns, in my own opinion. And of course, I'm anti-war. I think war is absolutely the biggest folly that we humans um, I was going to say cooperate in. I guess we all cooperate in it by paying our taxes, by whatever form of nationalism we take up. So, yeah. All right, I'm going to stick to Twitter. Let's go to the next one. Quote, Instead of returning to the way things were, we have to impact our world as it is now. Within the world's current configuration is much good. We must seek it out and add to it. I think I was reacting in that tweet to, of course, the gun violence and then an extension of all of that, the polarization between the right and the left, Republicans, Democrats, what have you in our country, I think there's a misconception or some air thoughts around freedom. And I think freedom, ironically, we have freedom because of having some limits. If we had freedom to, to do anything we wanted, 
to or with or against our, our fellow man or woman and or woman. That would be our total freedom, but then it would take away theirs. There's got to be a balance there. And this gets back to what I was talking about with as far as a moral code for our laws. We need laws that are fair to the individual, but also do create the most security and freedom and liberty for everyone. And that's a fine line. That's a tough balance. I don't think our elected officials are taking it seriously enough. And I'm of the view, along with some other activists in the world, that our elected officials are kind of they're non-players in where we need to go. It's almost as if we need to forget about the government. Of course, they do a lot for us as far as security and organization of our systems. But as far as the sweeping change that could happen with regards to creating more peace and prosperity for everyone, we've got to move as a large group of people in directions against the trends that are are bad for us. For example, our diets. Fast food diets, high cholesterol diets, meat diets, all of this aren't all of these things are not good for the population. There's obesity problems, there are heart disease issues. Some of these things contribute to cancer. And yet companies that make profits off of the foods that we eat, these foods that aren't good for us, are concerned more about their profits than they are about our health. If we as a large group, as the masses, so to speak, would say, hey, let's all eat a lot better and pay, pay attention to our diets. I'm now on a basically vegan diet. It's a little vegetarian. I can't stay away from dairy on occasion if I'm hungry or just want to eat something that has a little richness to it. But if everyone would, would shift in that direction, well, you'd put the meat companies out of business if they'd stay away from the processed food, you'd take the large farming corporations that produce all the corn for the high fructose corn syrup, for example. You would take them out of business. And their connection to the government, for example, that laws are, are skewed in their direction for profit would force or help the elected officials get more in line with the the people's wants and needs. But until we 
Taylor as a large group, as the masses, as a nation, as a people, are spending habits in order to shed the power away from big money. Until we do that, they're going to continue to have the power and and uh, influence, want to, and influence the government, in many cases against what is best for us. Another controversial subject along those lines is, is our climate. Climate change, in my opinion, is real. And I'm just as guilty as anyone else who drives a gas-guzzling car. I do. However, if each of us would say, hey, I'm going to get a job locally and not drive, or, or I'm going to get a hybrid car, or I'm going to push hard along with my my neighbor Ted and, and my workmate Stacy to to really work together for mass transit in the future for example and we do that kind of circumventing our elected officials or above and beyond them they would have to to follow suit and go with us on that so we we as the people must almost ignore parts of the government and do it on our own somehow do what's best for not only the peoples of our nation, but of the world, because we are one small bit of dust matter floating around in, in space, and, and it's just, it's it's really humanity against itself for its own survival. we got to start taking care of some of these things, in my opinion. All right, let me get to another thought on my own document here. Got to scroll back to it. Thanks for your patience. All right. Reverse gaslighting or reflective gaslighting or Reflection gaslighting, all of these things are telling an audience that another party is committing an act that the professor is actually committing, but hiding by blaming the act on the other party. I think it's being done all over the place. I'm not going to blame either party or any individuals, but unfortunately it's becoming it's become a very serious trend. Reflective reflection gaslighting. Then I wrote a different, another quote. True leadership, as follows. Ask yourself, is the person a prophet or not? A true leader does not need to be a prophet. Does not to be need to be prophetic. In fact, a lot of people that I would consider true leaders aren't seeking to be leaders. They just are their own person and are genuinely 
authentically coming to life in their thoughts and actions from who they actually are. And then they model model that authenticity, and that's leadership. That's being a leader. But that's not to say that some of our our strongest leaders are prophetic, are open to the now, to what has been and to what will be, and are open to conveying that per- those perspectives together. So prophets are important to us. Here I wrote, I can take all the pressure off myself to have to persuade or convince others that my ideas and opinions are good or helpful or a solution. I enjoy these ideas for my life solely. If my life becomes a model for others to build theirs on, then it's a multiple win. I have won already by living a rich life based on my ideas. If only based on my ideas. Now here, ironically, I read this and convey this to you on a public platform that is online for the world to hear. (laughs) Uh, I know I've talked about this one before, but I'll talk about it again. There is something called the paradox principle that dictates, I think, all of reality. And I think so many, if not all things, are are fueled, created, and survive on irony, on a paradox. So, very personally, I like my ideas. I think they're good, powerful, and, heck, uh, could really help the world and do to whatever degree I share them with others and share with others in the discovery of them. But I think I wrote something like this to take the pressure off myself, and I even said that. I can take all the pressure off myself to have to persuade or convince others that my ideas and opinions are good or helpful or a solution. They may be all of that, and they may actually impact the world. But if they don't, I'm no, I'm not, I'm no worse the wear for it. I can still enjoy my life and just, just have fun having the ideas and uh, recording them and sharing them when I can. I'm going to continue up this document. Here's a quote. If you are not quite sure... It will come around. That's kind of a quote on faith. And then I'm going to get to one other one here. Okay, this this is very important. This hit me. Um, hit me in the middle of last month. Quote, There is always grace. It comes always, but not always when we feel like we need it. So, we must be patient when it hasn't appeared yet. Because it always will, which, which was just reflected in, in kind of what I just wrote about. It will always come. Um, 
and then I, I kind of wrote a, a subsequent thought about all this. Faith is trusting in this principle that there is always grace, that it will always come around. We need faith in nothing else. Also, grace comes around regardless of whether our quote-unquote fall from grace was an accidental mistake or a willful transgression. It always comes around. Grace always comes around. Sometimes if one has remained in a dark place, she simply doesn't recognize grace, even though it has, is always coming around, or is unable to receive it, at least at that time. But it's there. And then the last one I'm going to read off of some thoughts that have come to me is something I gleaned from a YouTube video video of Chris Hedges and Chris Hedges and he was yeah I just don't know who the source was I really should but I don't right now wonder if I could find that. Chris Hedges, which I can in my history, was having a dialogue with, with another religious intellect. I'm going to look that up and see if I can find that video. Here. Yeah, thing is, I'm not brilliant at this. Let's go to that one. At this, yeah, I'm looking for history. I obviously didn't prepare for this one. Your data in YouTube, no. Let me see here. Oh, no. All right, anyway. The quote is, Anger is a sign of pride unrecognized. Sorrow follows, if understanding, honor of humility does not. Because humility allows for one's true being to be acknowledged and expressed. True joy then vibrates more easily within one's being. Blissful activities are allowed and build upon each other. So, at work, for example, um, I would find myself getting angry for some reason. And then I'd take a a step back and decide, why am I getting angry? And I focused on, was there something I was being overly proud about that was being stepped on by someone and making me angry? And what I decided to address my... interactions with those at work from a place of humility and not pride, I found I was not getting angry. So that's that's kind of where all that came from, and it was very effective. But uh, let me let me go to one other place here on my computer to try to find that. I think I can do it here. I really do want to Make sure I get the source right on this anger 
pride, humility thing. Some of that was my own idea or work on that, but also some was from from this dialogue between Chris Hedges and this other this other man. Let me see. Yeah, let me see. history. Yeah, there. Oh, got it. History. Bam. Let's see if this takes me where I need to go. Uh, oh no, that isn't. <laughs> Went to actual history, not my history. Oh my gosh. Okay, let me see. Oh, there, there it is. Got it. History. That would be the history of what I have watched. And it's going to take a bit for me to get down to this. I Yeah, I watch a few things on YouTube. YouTube's a wonderful resource to uh, see, obviously, a lot of stuff. Here we go. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it was a YouTube video called Wrath's Consuming Power uh, between Chris Hedges and Hamza Yusuf. H-A-M-Z-A-Y-U-S-U-F. And so that last thought, quote, that I read to you, or, or bundle of ideas, was based on that. I think the only other thing I do want to address is is our gun violence. And I want to get back to Twitter here because I was using it, really using it as a... way to get my thoughts out about it. Yeah, here we go. Yeah. Okay. Here we go. This this was on the 17th of May. I think this was the Buffalo shooting. I wrote, These mass shootings and all gun violence fall squarely on all of our shoulders. What are we going to do about it? And then I wrote as a reply, and I do pray for the victims' spirits, their families, and their friends. So, kind of contrary to what I was, or kind of what I was talking about earlier in this podcast, we we can't just look up to our leaders, our elected officials, or pray to God that this thing's solved. We've got to all work together, figure out some practical effective means to tamp this down. Now, I personally believe that the less guns in our midst, the less death by guns. It's just simple mathematics. So if we, at the very least, ban assault weapons, make them illegal, and just try to get guns off the streets, melt them down, send them away, bury them, whatever, I think we'd be better off for it. I know there's a huge constituency in our country that is scared that the government's going to take all of their power away and and uh, the Second Amendment is is a big example of that freedom. I get that. I get that. But just in simple, practical terms, mathematics and physics, less guns, less death by guns. That's how I feel about it. All right. Um, 
Then a week later, I think this must have been after Olveda, can we please make firearms illegal already? I'm so over it, disgusted by our culture of violence. And if we have to be so protective of our gun rights, let's pay some more attention to mental illness, poverty, social media, whatever the F is causing these mass shootings. I was obviously very upset about it, and still am. It's just, uh, yeah. Again, there, uh, if you want to keep your guns, fine, but, but uh, we better shore up some other stuff or this stuff's going to keep on happening guaranteed and I do not think it's necessary and it's utterly disgusting I wrote a couple days later we've got to get to the root problem it's about choosing love over fear it's simple but not easy the primary fear being death when we truly let go individually and corporately of our fears we shall find infinite joy and peace shall burst forth so we get to the root fear that of death and address it and help each other understand it and at least cope with it then all other fears I believe build upon that one will be lessened quite a bit and people won't be so scared to the point where they feel they've got to protect every little shred of their life Okay, kind of addressed that one already, don't need to go into that. Um, I think we need to, here's, here's one I wrote, I think we need to distinguish between praying for victims and their loved ones, which is important, and meditation. When we meditate, we find our true selves and the right rhythm of the universe. I believe this aligns us into harmony with all and can help curb the violence. So it's just, it's kind of like helping each other with with the fear of death. We can help ourselves by taking time to be still. By giving ourselves a few minutes every day or four, three or four times a day to, to meditate and to relax and to focus on what our system tells us, what good ideas come up from within us. Then I do write, having said all of that, peaceful mass protests and grassroots activism will also help address the ills in our society. Again, uh, getting back to this theme of, yes, elected officials, we can vote them in and, and try to to encourage them through, through our emails and calls, but we've got to work as a whole group and focus our attention on specific goals we want. We want to end mass shootings. We've all got to focus on it together, practically, beyond the government's help. The government is not the do-all. I really don't believe that, and it's pretty obvious that that's the case. Then I wrote, and again, it's mirrored in what I've said before in this podcast, peaceful mass protest can include, but is not exclusive to, getting out of credit card debt, veganism, minimizing carbon footprints, checking spendthrift habits and of course gathering peaceful peacefully in solidarity so you kind of get where i'm coming from where where the individual and group decisions we make that are most helpful for us and put us in the most positive peaceful position for all doing those things together 
those who are capitalizing on, if I may, our seven deadly sins, sins, if we're not sinning, so to speak, then there's no profit to be made off of nothing. They're going to want to profit off the good things, okay? Or we're going to profit off of each other's good things. And I wrote, uh, we desperately need to turn our resources and attention from war and guns to healthcare, education, clothing, shelter, and food for those in need. We can do it. Let us. I know that sounds like a progressive left standpoint, and, and it very well may be. But it's just, to me, uh, common sense. Hello. We have resources on Earth. Let's turn our attention to the things that we need for healthy, prosperous, peaceful living. The more we do that, the less anger, angst, ego-driven fear there's going to be because everyone's going to feel cared for and taken care of. And by virtue of that, there's going to be less violence. There's going to be less gun violence. Hopefully people feel they don't need their guns. And then well, then we get into the whole war thing. That's a whole other big issue that I might have to address <clears throat> on another podcast. Yeah, anti-war against those wars. All right. I think I have run the course for this round. I do appreciate you spending some time with me today, this evening, this morning, wherever you are, whenever you are listening to this. My best to you, your family, your friends, your aspirations, everything you want to to do and be, go for it. Go for it. I'm finding that making the decisions to, to, to be involved in activities that give me joy, do just that. I encourage you to do the same. This has been Douglas Murray Schmidt. Take care of yourself. Have a good one. Peace and love. Bye-bye.